Hey, what's up, you guys? Thank you so much for tuning in to Word Boost. Hey, little sister, I'm Marcelle Barwise, and today I have a special guest joining me, Felicia Como, also known as Fee. Fee is amazing, you guys, and I'm excited that you guys are going to get a chance to learn a little bit more about her and learn from her in this episode. She's a director of the Women's Ministry for USA Youth Outreach. She's a South Houston area director for FCA Fellowship of Christian Athletes. She's the head coordinator for chaplains serving the WNBA. She's also a chaplain of the Houston Dash. And she has some amazing shows she hosts on her own social media platform. One called FCA Fridays and another called Chronicles of a Young Believer, where she has a young co-host. And they talk about everything pertaining to life and really just helping people um, work their way through life right right now, especially with a lot of stuff going on. What's up, Felicia? How are you doing today? I am great. How are you? Really good, really good. So I'm going to refer to her as Fee, okay? That's what she's known as from a lot of people. Um, And we're just going to chop it up. We're going to be talking about leadership. You guys know that through this season, I've already kind of touched on leadership to some degree, but there are so many different aspects, right? And vantage points that you can look at leadership from. And Fee has really blessed my life in her leadership, you know, serving under her um, as a chaplain that serves the WNBA and just watching her and how she deals with people with so much compassion and she has a heart of servitude. There means so many things that I've learned just by observing her. And so I was like, you know, why not sit down and have a conversation and not only benefit myself, but let other people who are viewing and listening benefit as well. And so Fee, I just want to talk to you uh, from your perspective. First and foremost, I want to know, how do you define a good leader in your opinion? Wow. Um, it could, it could happen in several different ways, but I'd probably say how I would define a leader. Uh, Jesus is a great leader. But when I think of leading, when I first started coaching, God sent me to a scripture. And it was basically King David. And he said that he wanted to lead with integrity of heart and with skillful hands. Mm. I was like, what is that? <laughs> what, what is that? And how can I do that? How can I flesh that out every day? Right. And so when you think about that, Leading with integrity of heart. What does that what does that even look like on a day-to-day basis? Mm-hmm. You know, that means that that means that you have a heart for people. That means yeah. that you're gonna do things with integrity. That means that you're gonna do things with people's best interests in mind. Um, you're gonna do that in ways that it might not look like it's the best interest for them at that time, but you're gonna do hard things well. <laughs> That's what oh, that good. looks like when you do that with integrity of heart. And then the second part of that, skillful hands. Okay, I'm gonna put my hands on it. No, 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 no. I'm gonna lead them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna literally get behind them and I'm gonna guide them. I'm gonna direct them. I'm gonna push them in the places where they're supposed to go. So when you think about skillful hands, that's what skillful hands looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Who are the best leaders? The people that lead you, mm-hmm. the people that direct you, the people that constantly guide you. That's what David was doing, you know. And so when I, when I look at that scripture and I go back and look at that man with integrity of heart. And skillful hands. That's wow. my leadership. That is so good. Oh my god, <laughs> that is so good. You do hard things well. You know what I think too. I think being a leader, right? Because there's some people who are leaders just by definition. They have the title, and there's other people who are leaders in their conduct, how they carry themselves, right? And I really love that. You said, hey, skillful hands doesn't mean that you're just going to do it yourself. You're going to guide and show other people how to do it. And I can say even in in leadership that God has entrusted me with, sometimes that's a hard leader 
to have to be, you know, that there's a lot of restraint and actually trust that you have to give to other people in order to just sit back and be like, you know, I'm not going to take it. Okay, let me do it. Let me show you how to do it, <laughs> you know, and just let them learn, right? I think too, even with myself, right, when I started to develop my, my relationship with the Lord, um, the, the pastor that I was around and the ministry I was involved in, what really took me to the next level was them allowing me to serve, them allow, saying, hey, here's an assignment, right? This is a big picture. Here's your part to play. And we're going to trust you with that. We're going to, you know, guide you and help you. We're not going to take it back if we don't feel like you're doing it the way we would necessarily want it done. But we're going to let you care for this part of the vision. That grew me so much in my faith and my belief. And it also um, that gave me more buy-in, right? And so, man, that's good. You know how to break down that word, Fee. That's right. That's it. That's, right. that's you good said stuff. something right there, servant. Mm. You know, when you think about serving, uh, David was a servant leader. Yeah. He was out there with the men. He was out there serving and leading them, showing mm-hmm. them this is what it's supposed to look like. You can just imagine he was also worshiping out there and praising in front of them, mm-hmm. doing all those things in front of them. So they saw, okay, I've seen what leadership was like on this side, mm-hmm. but I've seen this, and this guy is being successful in this. I want to lead like this mm-hmm. now. And as Jesus is transitioning, he does the same thing with his disciples. So good. You know, and what does he say to them? Hey, the last shall be first mm-hmm. and a servant of all. Well, that tells me exactly where I need to be. What do I need to do? I need to serve first. Mm-hmm. I need to serve first. And so when you think about leadership, you have to think about serving first. Yeah. You know, because you have to be the greatest example in front of the people that you're leading. Mm-hmm. You know? Wow. I, I love how you broke down too all the things he was doing in front of the people he was leading. Absolutely. One other thing too, because I know he failed in front of the people he was leading, you yeah. know, and that's, that is really inevitable in life. And I think sometimes in leadership, it's so easy to be, okay, I want to hide my failures because people will start questioning, am I fit yeah. to lead? But it's like, no, if you haven't failed, you're probably not fit to lead. Because everybody who's following you is going to fall. They're going to fall at some point. And if you don't know how to show them how to get up, how to recover, how to how to walk out the restoration that God promises us, then how are you? You know what I mean? Like they need to see that. And so I love the idea of saying that he did all of these things in front of the people he was leading to show them how it's done. Right. You know, when you think about it, my successes and my failures are all part of leadership. So when you see me succeed, you're going to see me praise. When you see me fail, I'm going to praise even more. <laughs> okay. mm-hmm, yeah. Praise. So praise is going to be the end result of both, right? But when David fell, the first thing he did was that he got it right. He mm-hmm. went back to the priest. He put it before them. And everybody saw him do that. Go and repent. Mm-hmm. He immediately repented. And then he came back to himself. Oh, man, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. All these people are watching me. These people are looking up to me. What should I do in this moment? Show them what happens when you're not where you're supposed to be and then mm. how to get back to where you're supposed to be. Yeah. And he modeled it in such a way where people are like, okay, I know how to get back. You know, and we have to do the same thing. What's the failure of leadership? The failure of leadership is that I don't want you to see when I'm tired. Mm. I don't want you to see when I'm struggling. I don't want you to see when I have a bad time or when I make a poor decision. No. The, the best part of leadership and when you're really leading is in those moments mm-hmm. when you say, you know what, my bad. 
yeah. I should have done X, Y, Z. You know what? That's, that's a good insight. Yeah. I'm going to try to do that next time. Right. So you not only receive from the people that you're leading with, you know, or leading over or trying to help and manage, you know, and get them going forward, but you also have to show them what that looks like. You know, um, oh, we, don't do a, we don't do a good job of that all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think we can do a better job of it. Yeah. Oh, man, that's so good and so true. You know, too, for anybody who's watching, I think you actually in everything you said, you defined it. But repentance for anybody who may not know is simply, I believe, acknowledgement of failure. Right. And that's one thing I've also learned. I've seen in other people, but I've also seen in myself is the more you try to you, the more you try to avoid acknowledging your failure or the things that you don't do perfectly, the more people try to seek out, they want to find, cause they're like, I'm, I'm messed up. I know I don't have it right. Like in their mind, they're like, there's no way this person's as perfect as they put off to be. And so then they start looking for your failures, right? They start trying to seek, seek out because they want to prove that they're not less than you, right? They, that you're just as human as they are. And so I've learned in leadership, the best thing to do, like you said, it's, it's actually, it has a lot to do with integrity as well as being able to say, I messed up. I get it. I got it wrong. Now that I've learned, let me know. What, let me start walking in what now I know is right. You know? And so that's a big part of it. And a thought that popped in my mind the other day. Um, and I think this is God just holding me accountable to becoming the type of leader that he has called us to be is if somebody who is, you know, working with you and they're kind of, you know, in your leader or following your leadership, if they mess up, there's, there's one thing, there's two things. Are you going to shame me or are you going to show me? Are you going to shame me? Are you going to show me? And that like dropped in my heart really hard. It's like, people want to know if I mess up under you, if I don't do the right thing, are you going to come at me with shame? And now I'm going to be like, oh, like I can't recover from this. Or are you going to say you messed up, but I'm going to show you how not to mess up the next time. Right. Right. I think that's really a, there's a powerful distinction in that. And a lot of people want to know, like, are you the shameful type of leader? Or are you the show me how type of leader? Wow. Um, that's good. That's good. You know, I, I coached varsity basketball for 11 years and I, I didn't raise my voice. And mm. if I did raise my voice, then they knew, but I was a teacher, right? Mm. So I wanted to teach the game. I wanted to teach them things. And so if they did something wrong, I would pull them over to the side and say, Hey, listen, you know what the right thing is to do. And we would walk through it and we would go back through it and then they would go back. Right. And I, and I think, and I only do that because that's just my personality. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when I am talking to them and I'm trying to encourage them because in the moment, depending on the type of kid that you're coaching, if you say the wrong thing, you'll lose them. Mm-hmm. They're so done true. for the rest of the game. But if you say the right thing, it'll motivate them and they'll go back and do everything that they ask you, you ask them to do, and then some. Mm-hmm. Why? Because of how you approach them. What's the same thing? The transfer is even more so with adults. Well, you can pull somebody aside and say, hey, listen, I, I saw this, but I really just want to just correct you, just, just, just coach you up in this. If you can do that with people, and sometimes for some reason we feel like, man, well, adults, they can take it. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. You just grow up. You're the same kid. So you know true. You, you, you just mature, you know, yeah. you're that same kid. And so the way you receive things is still the same. The way you, you take things and then you run with it, it's still the same. Your mm-hmm. motivation, all those things are still with you. You know, you haven't changed that much. You've just kind of matured, 
but your character is still intact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your personality is still intact, you know? And so I think we, we move away from that when we become adults and we think, oh, well, I can just be harder on them. No, you need to lead the same way you lived before. Yeah. And that's, that's so we, good. No, that's, that's so good. I think a lot of people, hopefully they grab that. If you're watching that and you listen and you need to make sure that you grab that, especially if you are a leader or you aspire to lead, because I feel as though, but you just eloquently laid it out, but I feel as though a lot of ways that I lead successfully um, with the adults I work with right now has a lot to do with having worked with kids for so many years, right. you know, right. and just realizing like, hey, I, I seen kids that were struggling with that. And I had to learn how to gently deal with them and help them grow into, you know, this healthy adult. And now I see there's people in their adulthood that nobody took the time to deal with and show compassion in the struggles they had as a kid. And that just, they just more, they just grow and get bigger, like you said, but they still have that thing that was never dealt with. And now they're adults and people are like, get over it. But it was never dealt with when they were younger, you know? And, and, and I speak that as somebody who knows I have those things in myself as well. And I want somebody to show me compassion and care, especially if there's somebody who calls himself my leader. So that's really good. Mm-hmm. Now for you, Fee, I would say, um, you know, I was thinking about you when I was like, oh, I really want to ask her to be on Word Boost. So I'm excited. You have no idea because I, I really do. I do look up to you. I think that you're an awesome woman. You're a great leader and just Overall, it's not even about the title. It's about the character of the person. You know, I'm really big on that. And every time I've seen you up close or even from a distance, you were the same fee. And that's just so beautiful, right? That consistency. I think people don't really um, cherish and value that as much these days as it should be. But consistency for me is everything. And so thank you for being that. Um, I know you fall though too. You fail. You probably got failed. We just talked about that earlier, but I I just think you're amazing. And so um, I I was thinking about you and I'm like, man, Fee is like an undercover influencer. She'd be like stealthy in there, like helping, you know what I mean? And, And people that like out there now, you think about the world of social media, people are looking at folks and they're like, oh man, this person is amazing. And I think like those people who are amazing, everybody's like, I look up to those people. Those people are like, well, I look up to somebody like Fee. That, that's what I would envision, you know? And um, so with that being said, I want to know with all these things that you're doing, when did you realize that you are a leader of leaders? Because you're absolutely a leader of leaders. And then did that change the way that you started to approach leadership when you absolutely. identified that? You're going to think this is funny. Junior high. Okay. <laughs> Junior high. I'm not and, surprised, yeah. though. <laughs> and I could probably go a step further. I could probably say elementary school. I went to a, a, an elementary school that was an accelerated elementary school. And so if you were in the fourth grade, you basically did more at a seventh and eighth grade, ninth grade level. And wow. so, you know, so I had a lot of those, those type of kids around me, but I was also in a lot of those classes. Well, you know, every once in a while, a teacher would say, hey, you know, there's something about you. Don't you do what they do? You know, and so very early, either would, either it was my personality or something I was doing, but people would say those things to me. So by the time I got to junior high, uh, my coaches, teachers, whoever else I was around was like, hey, you know what? You should be in the National Junior Iron Society. You know, you should be the, the class president or you should be. And I was like, okay, you know, wow. <laughs> So, and then we would do these school plays and, and all these different things. And I would always have these roles where I have to speak all the time. And, you know, and, and people would come and watch and they would say, you know what? You sound like Barbara Jordan. 
or you sound like, like all these great people. And I was just like, okay, is this something wow. I'm supposed to be doing, God? You know, mm-hmm. and so from an early age, I started to see those things. And every time I would see it, I said, well, okay, people are watching. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? And wow. so that became just kind of a marker. If people got in a fight, and you're again, you're gonna think it's crazy, but if somebody got in a fight or if one of my friends was arguing, I would sit him down and say, you know, it's probably not the way that you should go. And I was like, <laughs> like work them to riot at. And I would and I would sit them down and I would help them to discuss so this, cute. walk this out, you know, and, and things like that, you know, or, or or whatever. Or if some kids were cursing, I would say, you know what, when you do that. What you're basically showing everybody else is that you lack the vocabulary to otherwise express yourself. Let's think about using the words that are in a dictionary, right? And so wow. I, I would, and they were like, oh, here she go. Right. You know? But I started to see those little things kind of come mm-hmm. out of me. And the more those things came out of me, I just said, you know what? I guess I'm supposed to be doing this and I need to be mindful of my words, of the way that I walk, of the things that I'm doing. And, uh, and, it, and it's true. It's true. I can go back to my junior high right now. And my coach, one of my coaches has a picture of me in the gym. In the gym? In the gym. Wow. It has, a, has one of my college uh, basketball pictures in the gym. And she keeps it there because she says, I want them to know that this is not the end. Mm. That, that they need to aspire to someone. So every once in a while, she'll let me come back and speak to them. But, but in that moment, all that told me is that, man, this is going to be lasting. So leadership is eternal, right? Yeah. So because the impact will carry. So good. Because the legacy, right? And so mm-hmm. what type of legacy are you leaving and leaving people behind? You know, and it's not. And when you think about legacy, you got to think about it's not what you leave for them, it's what you leave in them. Mm. And so when you're thinking about leaving stuff in people, it starts at an early age. Those things start at an early age. And so yeah. junior high, I'm telling you, junior high, it, was, it, was, it, it got me going. That is so good. I love that too. It's not what you leave for them. It's what you leave in them. Ooh, wee moment of silence. Cause that's so good. Like I think when people, you know, think about legacy and inheritance, you know, that just changes my perspective. That statement alone in itself is if you don't have money to leave your family, you know, you definitely want to make sure that you do the right thing and you leave wealth in terms of monetary things for your family. But if you don't have that, think about what you do have. And really is what you put in them that matters the most. That's so Absolutely. good. Absolutely. And That's you have so to, good. Right? You have to. You have to be willing to do those things. Um, yeah. So who do you think you got this leadership from? I mean, is, is it in your family or? You know what? I don't, I don't know. You know, my, my daddy likes, he's a talker. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom is pretty quiet. And so uh, I, I think I have the best of both worlds between mm-hmm. the two of them. Um, but my daddy played in a band as a, when he was younger. He was a lead singer. And so, you know, Mr. Personality, know. it sounds like um, straight personality. OK, super <laughs> personality. So I think a lot of that, that character, a lot of that demeanor comes out of me. But the sternness and the, the resolute mindset kind of comes from my mama. Mm-hmm. And so I think the two of them together has kind of produced what you see in front of you. Um, just that, that mindset to go out and do, you know. Yeah. My, my daddy's a cheerleader. My mama's the enforcer. <laughs> okay. Wow. So you have encourager over here, enforcer over here. And when you put the two together, you know, what do you see? You, you, 
what comes out of that, man, is just somebody that has a, a mindset, yeah. um, a made up mindset about what they're supposed to do and how they're supposed to walk. You know, um, I think that's, that's so good. So are they proud of you? I'm sure they are. They, I, you know what? I think so. But as much as they are, I would never know it. Right. Mm. They, they'll say it occasionally, but I think they do the same thing with me now as they did when we were younger. Uh, my brothers and I is that they always encourage us. They always push us in the things that we play in, but they never let us read the, read our press. Um, they never let us think that we were more than what we should be. They never let us think that we were more than we needed to be. And so because of that, they would, Hey, even now to this place now that we're in now, they're like, Hey, you ain't all that. Remember who got you there. You yeah. And so I think just that humility, that, that humbling very early, yeah um, work hard you know stay humble and hungry mm-hmm. you know it's the mindset so no that's really good and it served you well I mean it's kind of set you up to be who you are today so I love all of that I think too which is really really good is the fact that you embraced all of all of everybody affirming you and saying hey you should do this and you know I think sometimes people miss the moment they miss the opportunity to become the next level of themselves because they don't embrace the opportunity when people are affirming and saying what they see right because sometimes people see in you what you cannot see in yourself you'll think you can see it because you're looking at yourself up close and personal but it's like you don't see it you're missing it meanwhile somebody else is looking at you and you're like have you ever thought of or did you realize you know and being able to like take that in, embrace it and be like, okay, I can be that. I think makes a huge difference. And it shows the journey that you've basically just laid out for yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you know what it makes me want to do? Because somebody did that for me as a young person, I, I will dedicate my life to speak mm. in life into this generation, to speak in life into young people and to get them going in the right direction. You know, you talked about the Chronicles earlier. My co-host, man, I try to speak life into him every opportunity that I get. Why? I can because tell I even the on the gift. show. I see the gift. Yeah. Right. And so what if somebody nurtures a gift early? Mm-hmm. Then it gives you time to hone that gift. It yeah. gives you time to feel good about that. It gives you time to, to have confidence in that, you know, and then you just walk in it naturally. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, just like you said, we miss those moments. And so those people maybe never get positioned at the time they're supposed to because we didn't say what we needed to do or yeah. say in that moment so yeah, yeah. and that's the so in, in what you're speaking about is the difference that is the difference oh. right that's- is you can be that difference in somebody's life just by pointing out what they can't see or pointing out maybe something in their fit you know somebody in their family can't see in them because they're caught up or they might have their own struggles that they're just you know overwhelmed by and so i think that's powerful i remember growing up um people used to always call me an old soul they say also, and to me, that was just like trigger word for she's boring. And so I hate it being called an old soul. I actually remember going on a road trip and um, I, I forget, maybe I was probably like 18, 19, I'm not sure, but I was with a few of my friends and my sisters and we're driving back, you know, start having the heart to heart and it came up and I'm like, you know, and it bothers me when people call me old soul and I started bursting out in tears and they're like, what's wrong with that? Like, that's not a bad thing, you know? And I realized that was something that I wasn't embracing about myself, but I feel like in, yeah. in some ways people were saying that like, you have wisdom beyond your years, right? Yeah. But I was like, I was trying to put that off because I wanted to be seen as fun. I wanted to be seen as youthful, you know, but you can be fun and youthful and still have wisdom beyond your years to where the fun and the youthfulness 
doesn't, you know, get you tripped up into the wrong type of lifestyle, you know? And so I think it's, I think it's amazing. I mean, there's two types of people probably watching this, you know, and I would tell you guys, if you had the option between the, to be the type of me, the Marshall, that was putting off the, the, the wisdom and being the old soul or the fee, be the fee, be the fee, okay? Because she got it right. She embraced it. And I think that makes all the difference. So Fee, another thing I want to ask you, and you kind of brought this up a little bit with your parents and how they um, approach raising you and your siblings. How do you maintain humility continually in a culture that's fixated on self? There's a lot of like, promoting yourself, telling everybody how great you are, and how do you keep that humble mindset? Yeah, you know, uh, probably two things. The first thing is this, is that every good and perfect gift comes from above. Mm -hmm. um, recognizing that whatever it is that I do have, I didn't create this. <laughs> you know, this, oh, came from, good. This, this came from God. The Holy Spirit is allowing me to lead. The Holy Spirit is giving me wisdom to lead in whatever direction he's pointing me in. And so when I recognize that and I continually tell myself, hey, it's not about you. This is not about you. It's about the one who sent you. It's and so, so that right there, that keeps me grounded. The second thing that keeps me grounded is that I came across a scripture probably when I was in college playing basketball. And in <laughs> the scripture, I was like, that's in the Bible? But it said, let other people speak of you, not from your own lips. And that just pierced me like, wow, okay, so I'm not supposed to be out here promoting me. Mm. <laughs> you know, I'm supposed to let other people speak. And I think that's the thing that I've tried to do uh, from that point forward is once I received that word, I just said, okay, God, this is a way that I want to live. This is a way that I want to walk in this. I don't want to be that. You know, I don't, mm. you know, even the other day when you asked me, hey, just, just tell me a couple of things, I was like, oh, man. You know what's funny is, is when I sent that to you, I was I was about to be like, and don't try to be modest because I know you. I was literally going to put that in there. Like, I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit do this job. And he's going to tell her. He yeah, tell her. Yeah. And I didn't even put everything on there. I just put a few things on there. And and I just thought, you know what? Again, I'm just going to, this this is not what that's about. It, yeah. The motion, if I'm going to make a boast, it's going to be in the Lord. That's right. If I'm going to make a boast, it's going to be about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to make a boast. It's going to be about the God of the universe. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be in faith, you know, right. and, and that I, I just want to keep that in mind. So if I keep that at the forefront, then humility will follow. Mm -hmm. um, if I don't keep that at the forefront and I forget who's got me to wherever it is that I think I'm at, man, that's where the fall comes. That's so true. You know? That's where pride steps in. Mm -hmm. And when pride steps in, humility is out the door. Yep. You know? they, yep. They can't function together. There's no way they can live in the same house. You know, mm -hmm. and so one of them has to leave. So who are you going to walk out the door? You're going to walk humility out the door or you're going to walk pride out? Pride's got to go, you know, because when humility stays, then God stays, you know, and God can function in that and God can grow you in that and God can glorify himself through you when you allow those things to happen. But if otherwise, forget about it. Yeah, so good. You know, I, I, I love the verse in the Bible where it talks about those who humble themselves will be exalted. And I remember hearing so many people quote that. And one day it finally hit me what that really looks like, you know, because a part of what humil humility means is humiliation. Humiliation is in that. And I remember God telling me that he was going to take me into a season of humility, you know, and I was like, ooh. Uh, 
can we bypass that? Like, you're the God of the universe. Do I really have to be? You can humble me in my feelings. <laughs> and we don't have to go through oh, that. Tell me. <laughs> right, exactly. Just tell me, God, am I being arrogant? And you said he was going to take me through a season of humility. But I remember that verse coming to my mind and Holy Spirit bringing to, to, to me, like, if God is telling you he's going to humble you, that means he's trying to position you to be exalted. Exactly. Right? Because... There's a ton of people who've been on platforms who've coerced their way into leadership, who've coerced their way, you know, into a position where they have power and authority. And we see the effects of that. When people are there, they're thinking about self and how many lives are negatively impacted when people work their way into a position, right? But when God does it, God, when he does it, he positions you. He, he makes your heart like his heart. And if your heart's like his heart, you ain't thinking about you. You're thinking about them because you know he's thinking about you already, right? I know you. Right. <laughs> I see you already. I'm like, let me let her go. <laughs> no, no, no. You're you're good. I'm agreeing with you. I am agreeing with you um, wholeheartedly. I think that's exactly it. You know, I mean, but we have to allow the season to come about. Yep. You know, yep. uh, it, it's the transition. You know, you don't want to stay in the same place. Mm-hmm. But what if? In order for me to go to the next level, humility is in between my next level. Mm. Now, so me going from here to the next level, I've got to walk through humility. Yes. Would you yeah. go? The question is, would you go? You know? Mm-hmm. Yep. You would if you want to go to the next level. <laughs> if you think about, too, like how mountains are, right? When I look at mountains, mountains are there's a top here, but usually it's not, once you get to the top, it's not a flat top, right? If you want to get to the next top, you have to go back down and you got to climb it back up, right? And so it does make sense that in life, you know, when God is transitioning, you might have to go through a season of that valley, right? Because now you got to climb up. He's taking you to a higher place. And really it just builds stamina. It builds persistence. You know, it builds appreciation. I think about so many times when I've gotten things easy, yeah, because, you know, I believe, like you said, every good thing is from God. I, I believe that. I'm like, I want to make sure that he knows I appreciate things. But man, there's a deeper appreciation when I had to work hard for something, when I had to wait, when I was overlooked, you know, and I knew that God was still seeing me, but yet it just seemed like things weren't lining up. There was a deeper appreciation when I got to that place or that mountaintop experience. I was like, man, it's time to worship here. You know, it's time to thank God. He's so good. And I know, and I'm, and I'm like, I know it's nobody but him, right? I mean, yeah. there's people, yeah. he, he uses people, but at the end of the day, all the glory goes to God in the end. All the glory. All of it. Woo. Well, thank you for talking about humility. And for anybody who's listening, I just want to encourage you. You might be, you know, in a place where you're like, I just feel like I've been in humble and lowly positions and things aren't lining up. Just remember that verse. He says he exalts the, those who are humble. He exalts. And the more humble you are, the higher he's trying to exalt you. And so just continue to position your heart. Just continue to try to conduct yourself in a way that honors him and watch. He will do it. And it doesn't it's not going to look the way the world says, you know, being exalted looks. The kingdom operates completely different than things in the ways of this world. Right. We are we we are ambassadors of his kingdom. And so let him exalt you the way he sees fit. That's what's the most important thing. Continue to be humble because I guarantee you it's the humble that really see the hand of God move. And I can attest to that on a personal level, you know, and humble don't feel good. Humble don't always feel good. (laughs) It don't always feel good. Right. At all. 
at all. So I, I actually want to bring up this verse because, um, you know, when I talk to you, I'm like, listen, let me get in here because I know she knows how to mine out some gems. <laughs> so if I was um, this question I had for you and it, this is why this verse came up. So what do you do to stay focused on the mission and make sure that you don't get caught up in the moment? And so I was thinking about Luke chapter nine, it's really the transfiguration where Jesus was on the when he, he was up there and only a few disciples were there, it says they were heavy with sleep. He was praying. And as he was praying, his face started to change and started to glow. And then Elijah and Moses showed, Moses showed up. You guys, for anybody who doesn't read the Bible, okay, you're missing out, okay? Uh, but Moses and Elijah had already passed on, right? But they were well known. And in, in, in the Bible, everybody knows who they are. And and um, Jesus was there. And I think when the, the response of Peter when they finally woke up and they realized they were like, whoa, like what, look what we're witnessing. He was like, it's good. It's good that we witnessed this. You want me to put a tent here? Like, yeah, a tent for you, a tent for him, a tent for him. Like let's, let's camp up here. Right. It's so exciting. And I just think like for me, and I want you to speak on this and I'm, I'm going to be like, time, I'm going to shut up. Right. But for me, I'm just like, wow, how often does that happen in life? Let me just speak about my own self. How many times have I had this amazing moment, amazing encounter? And I just want to camp there. I just want to set up a tent and I'm like, this is the best it's going to get. This is the best God's going to ever like, this is God. Right. And really not realizing that I was making an idol out of that moment. And that, like, there is no idols, right? And I cannot really encapsulate God into a moment. He is so big. And so I'm thinking about you, and I think about how you, you know, kind of continue to move and journey through life. I really do believe that your mission mindset, you have a mission mindset. And um, I just want to talk about how do you stay focused on the mission, like encourage anybody who's watching, who feels like maybe they've, they've had their, their peak moments, and they're still trying to live out of that moment. There's more, and I just want you to kind of speak on that. I'm yeah, on absolutely. a tangent, but I can really feel you this. Know, I, I love the, <laughs> the visual of the transfiguration. I love the fact that, you know, at the end of that, Peter wanted to make all these little shelters for everybody, you know, but then there's a break in the action. Mm-hmm. And God says, oh, this is my beloved son, <laughs> whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and I'll let out. We're on a mission. Yeah. You know, almost as if, hey, that is not why we're here. You know, right. and he almost had to bring him back to it. Because immediately, if he had kept that mindset, stayed right there, then they wouldn't have been able to handle what was coming next. Mm-hmm. And the next, why do you stay on mission? Because there's always the next. Right. So good. And so when you're when you're walking through that and you know that there's a next, then you can't camp here. Mm-hmm. You've got to go forward, right? So they knew that they couldn't stay in that mountain because what was waiting for them was an argument at the bottom of the mountain, mm-hmm. you know, and they, and they found that, but what if they had still been thinking about what they had just left? They wouldn't have been prepared to handle what was in front of them, you so know, and that's for, the same thing for us is that how do we stay on mission? We've got to be prepared for what's coming next. We've got to be prepared for what's in front of us. Well, you have to start seeing this as, man, these are points. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're taking a trip, there are points. Um, there are places where you stop. There are places where you can maybe take a longer rest than usual. You know, if you're driving across country, you'll definitely, maybe this is where I stay overnight. Maybe this is where I stay here. Maybe, okay, I'm going to get something to eat here. I'm going to find a resource here. It's the same thing when you're on mission for God. Why? Because these stops that I, 
this is not my end. Mm-hmm. No, I'm on mission. I'm, I'm trying to get somewhere. And so when I know that and I keep that in mind, then what I do at those stops is I create altars. Man, I saw God do this here. So um, good. And I'm writing it down for myself, right? And then I and then I go to another spot and I see him do something there. And then I write it down and I and then I remember it. Then I glean from it. Mm-hmm. And then I gain strength from it. And then I get wisdom from it. Okay, God, I see you. So I almost feel like each one is like being in a video game and you're leveling up mm. at each stop. But the mission is, is to get the biggest points. The mission yeah. is to get to the highest level. The mission is to beat the game. Mm-hmm. You know? And so as you're thinking about that, that's the same thing that God is trying to do with us. He doesn't want us to get caught up and say, man, you, okay, you beat level one. Awesome. Right. Let's go. <laughs> you're retired. You beat level one and you're retired. <laughs> that's it. That's it. You know, I'm an old school gamer. So I'm all about Super Mario Brothers. I can tell you where all the cheats are. I can tell you where the extra coins are. I can tell you where all the stuff is. Why? Because I'm taking advantage of the journey. Mm-hmm. So I'm picking up stuff along mm-hmm. the way where I can tell you that, man, now I've got a little extra now. So I'm not just walking through it. I'm trying to pick up wherever I'm supposed to pick up in the places where I find myself. And I think that's where we mess up sometimes is that we get caught up. We see something good in that moment mm-hmm. and we never go forward. Yep. Yep. And we never go forward. So we don't stay on mission because we like this one little stop. And then we miss all the things that God has ahead of us. So right. Good. So how do you stay and focused in that? Remember that this is not your end. Yep. There's more. Yep. That, that that's that's gotta be your mindset is that oh man, God has more. More. Yeah. There's more goodness in God. Right. God has more. God has more. And so that's why, you know, you keep the mission in front of you. That's how you can keep it, you know, always at the forefront. You know, when you wake up in the morning, what are you supposed to do? Man, I'm gonna go share the gospel. Yeah. With somebody. That's my mission. You know, I don't care. I don't, somebody, whether it's a hello, whether it's a whatever, you know, God, what are you going to pour into me today? Mm-hmm. What, what, what do you want to say? What, what do you want to say to me today? Okay, God, I'm listening. You know, like, like my mission partly is what is he going to say to me today? How is he going to turn that in my spirit today? You know, that's Ooh, yes. part of my mission on a day to day is to hear and receive and then apply. Sometimes we hear and receive, but we don't apply. That's it right there, the apply. You know, but I want to hear, receive, and apply. So you yep. give me something in the morning, I want to be using that all day long. You know, not just hear, is be doers also. <laughs> that's it. That's right? it right there. Right. But that's the number one mission of the believer mm-hmm. is not just to be hearers only, but to be doers. Right. Yep. That's, that's how you know, man, I'm staying on mission. Yeah. And I think, I think about so many times growing up when I was in church and, you know, pastor to be talking about the word and they'd be like, and just remember this ain't the word for your neighbor. This is the word for you, (laughs) you know? And it's like, you really do have to emphasize that because you could get caught in that mindset. There's so many times where I've heard a word of like, "Mm, yep. Thinking about somebody else, but it's like, no, God has a word for you. He's speaking to you. He wants you to apply this in your life so that you can be transformed from the inside out. Right. And it's only by being transformed that you can help other people, you know, you can help other people. People are looking at you. I think about when I like really committed my life to the Lord and you know, when you on fire for the Lord, like when you love somebody, you be like, Oh my gosh, you want to talk about them all the time. And that's how I was. And I too, with my two sisters, I remember I was like 
preaching the walls down to my one sister. And I was like <laughs> churchified, like, girl, God is good. You shouldn't be doing that. And, you know, I was just so excited and just happy about God. And when some, something's good, you want to share with the people you love, right? So it wasn't coming from a bad place, but it was overwhelming for her. And really, it caused us to have more of a separation in our connection. We were really, really close. Whereas my other sister, I wasn't doing any of that with her. You know, I was just living my life. You know, she was kind of observing the change that took the transformative work that was taking place in me because I had a real encounter with God, his love. And I remember her telling me one day, she was like, you know, I want to like recommit my life to the Lord. And, you know, you really encouraged me. And I'm like, I didn't say anything to her. Your life will speak the gospel. I do believe that you should use your words. You should use whatever it is that God wants you to use. But I'm telling you right now, if your words line up with the word, but your life doesn't line up with the word, that's the biggest contradiction, right? And that's the biggest way that people will be turned away Absolutely. in most cases, you know? Absolutely. And so just not just being a hearer, everything you're saying is, you know, be a doer and yeah. walk out the truth. That's a huge witness. And people are looking for this love that you're talking about God has. So great, how great his love is. And they're like, okay, well, let me see this love working in you, <laughs> you know? Come on, that, that's what it comes back to, right? Let me right. You. That's exactly what it comes back to. When you think about it from a, just a practical standpoint, how do you get from point A to point B? You know, my, my, my parents' desire was for us to all graduate from college. Well, I can't, you know, when I get there the first year and, and stuff gets hard, what do I do? Do I say, man, this is a great first year. All right, I'm going home. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I stay on mission. What am I supposed to do? It's supposed to add, right? Mm. So when you start thinking about your life like uh, pieces, you know, I'm adding to it. There are layers. Yeah. So basically, you're creating layers. Your life is a layer, you know, and just layers on top of layers until it creates the beautiful picture that it's supposed to create. Mm -hmm. Well, you can't stop at the first layer. Yeah. You got to keep going. And that's when you know, when you look, you take a step back and you say, man, this picture is not complete. Right. That's when you know that, man, I got to stay on mission. Now, because this, I'm just at my first level. I'm just at this first layer. I've got to continue so I can see this complete picture. You know, when that which is perfect has come. Yes. You know, then all those other things will go. So, so I've got to, I've got to work until that which is perfect has come. Mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, and that's where we've got to continue in that mindset. You know. Yeah. That's so good. You're just stirring me up. You're stirring <laughs> me up. Okay. You know, you guys, just so you know, the truth is I asked her to be on word. It was just another reason for me to get some of this goodness seriously, because I enjoy <laughs> speaking to you about God, his word, his kingdom, you know, and, and for that, and for anybody who might've missed it, she just dropped a lot there, but I just want to, you know, also add on to that. Do not let a moment rob you of experiencing the full mission Right. Because there's so much in God. There's so much that he wants to do in you. And I think sometimes if you're not careful, you can, like I said earlier, you can make an idol out of a moment. But not only that, a moment can make you idle. You know, there's some people who are like, well, you know, when I was in that relationship or in high school, you know, and they're living off of these memories. But there is so much more in you. If God did great things in you, then he can do great things in you now. He can do great things in you later. He can do it. And so just take those restrictions off of yourself. Know that God is limitless. He's boundless. Right. And he wants to show himself 
that he's a good father. He is a good father. He's been faithful to me. And I can speak, I'm speaking as somebody who's been in idle moments. who have been like, oh man, this used to be so much better and whatever else. And sometimes God, God has to snap me out of that and be like, you're, by putting limits on myself, I am in an essence putting limits on him, right? If I'm saying that he lives in me, you know, greater is in me who than he who is in this world, then and then I put restrictions on what can be done in me. I'm putting restrictions on my God, you know, and so that's not the way he wants us to live. Be mission minded. Stay focused on the call and the assignment to be an ambassador, always ready to be, you know, a walking example of the gospel, a talking example of the gospel, an example. Right. So. Um, another thing I want to ask you, and this one I think will be very, very hard, but who knows? Who knows? Um, that one message, okay? If you had one message to leave a lasting impact, what would that one message be and why? Wow. Uh, you know, when I think about when Jesus left his disciples, mm. um, I think about this one message for the lasting impact. What do you leave with them? He said, my peace. Um, my peace I leave with you and 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 I would answer this question like this Michelle that I remember being in a timeout there's one second left on the clock my point guard has just gotten fouled she's nervous she's she's feeling something she's she's like she's shaking I call a timeout I pull over to the side I said hey you can do this you've done this a hundred times in practice we do pressure free throws every day but you know the other reason why I know you can do this is because I know you can do this. I believe in you. You need to believe in yourself in this moment. And I went back to my team, and they're all shaking and scared. And I said, hey, listen, let my peace become your peace. Mm. <laughs> they walked back on the court. Wow. And when I tell you that she stepped up to the line, one, two, like nothing. Wow. She had struggled from the line all night and was crying before the timeout. But what I saw in that moment is that peace matters. Mm. And so the thing that's on you can become the thing that's on them. So whatever it is that's in you that you want to get to them, man, make it real. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. so if, if, it's, if it's your walk with the Lord, man, make that real. If it's the peace of God, then make that real. If it's integrity, if it's wisdom, whatever is on you that you want to get to them, make that real. And in that moment, that became the most real thing for them and for me. And I saw right there that, man, God can transfer things. Even in a game, God can transfer things in that moment. But there's a presence of mind that I'm in the spirit all the time on the sideline. It don't matter where I'm at. You're about to get this piece. Yes. Gonna, yes. And so, and I didn't draw anything up. I didn't say anything else in that huddle except that let my peace be your peace. Mm. And, and so if I had to leave something, wow. it would be whatever you needed in that moment, right? Whatever mm -hmm. that you, in the time that you have spent with me, draw from whatever you need for this moment. You know, and so, and, and I would, and I would leave it that way, you know, because wow. when I think about that, I think about the impact um, that that made on them in that moment. I think about the influence that that had on them in that moment, but it wasn't just them. Um, everybody is sitting behind them. The, the gym was so tight 
is that all the other girls that played on the JV team and the freshman team are sitting right behind them. So you know who else is getting that piece? People behind them. You know, you know who else is getting that same teaching point? The people that were sitting there and listening. Mm -hmm. You know, what are you going to say? <laughs> that is a lasting impression. You know, I think that's a lasting moment. And so the things that we give, the things that we give ourselves are the things that they're going to remember the most. You know, um, wow. yeah, they won't remember the play, but they're going to remember the piece. Mm. <laughs> um, they're they're going to remember, this is how I deal with a tough situation. You know, and I think those are the things that we have to leave people with. You know, we got to leave people that way. We got to leave kids that way. We got to leave everybody that comes in contact with us that mm -hmm. way. Wow. That is so good. That's so good. You know what I think is amazing too when I was talking about with leadership. Yeah. To me, I think leadership all it comes down to character. You know, it really does come down to character. And um this season I had talked to another amazing lady, her name's Betty Ann Hagee, and I asked her, you know, how do you define success? And she has a lot, she has a lot of success that you you would look at from a world standpoint. You'd be like, whoa, like she is successful. And she said, peace and so to hear you say peace and, and break it down in this way is amazing to me and I'm seeing that consistency there you know with peace and when I really think about it you ain't never lie because when life I mean when things seem to be going well you know what I mean maybe I'm not thinking about the significance and the importance of peace although you know being a believer and and knowing then yeah. I think about Jesus when he prayed, John chapter 17, he was talking about peace. He was like, I'm going to, you get, here's, here's what you need. You need my peace. Right. And so I know peace is important, but there's times in life where I'm not really as conscious of the importance of peace is when I don't have it. When I don't have peace, when I'm in an unpeaceful environment, when I'm under a leader who doesn't lead through the power of peace, you know, yeah. then I realize like peace, I need it. <laughs> it makes a difference, you know, it makes a difference in the atmosphere. And so to have that mindset and just, you know, you painted a really clear picture of a frantic, you know, that anxiety. Like, I think my little sister, she played soccer and she was number two's um, goalie in the state when she was in high school. We we're so proud of her. She's so, she's great at so many things. And um, I remember going to her game. Actually, I couldn't go to her games because it was like watching her play. I felt like I was playing. So <laughs> when things were happening, like at the end, they were a tie game. And, you know, when they had the kicks, I yeah. was like nervous. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I was like, oh goodness. You know, I just felt, we. I went to my mom's car and I'm like, mom, how is she doing? She, <laughs> I just couldn't. And, you know, so thinking about that moment, how I feel, and I wasn't in the game, only makes me really think about how your players felt in that moment. And free. And most of the time when I watch coaches, no lie, they were like, you're going to get out here and you're going to play the best game ever. And they're yelling. And I'm like, that does not make me feel peaceful now that I think about it, you know? <laughs> That adds more adrenaline and adrenaline, you know what I mean? It adds to anxiety and all of that stuff. So for you to take that tone and that position of peace just is amazing. And your team won, right? And that's what I'm gathering from it. Yeah. Your team won. And it was the first time that this particular team that I was coaching had ever beaten that team. Wow. Wow. And so sometimes we have to understand the gravity of moments um, and what needs to happen because Everybody was irate. I mean, everybody was excited. Everybody was all over the place. 
So what do you need to do in that moment? You gotta bring calm, right? Mm -hmm. What do you do to storms? You speak to them, right? But what do you speak? Peace. Mm -hmm. Right? And so in the middle of this, I wanted them to, to see that God moves in these situations too. Yeah. You know? And so absolutely peace yeah. is a competitive advantage. Basically, you said they hadn't they hadn't beat that team before, and they were on the they were on the edge of not beating the team again. Right. And you release peace, and that shifted the situation. That's powerful. Wow. Peace. Let peace be your competitive advantage. Wow. Well, you know what? I can keep you on forever. I could talk to you for a very very long time, but I know you got so many things coming up, and not only that, I just want to respect your time because I only told you a certain amount. Um, before we close out, I always do this with everybody, you know, if you want to leave, you know, the audience with just one lasting nugget, I'll give you 30 seconds and, um, let's just focus it on leadership or, or the mission, uh, being a leadership on mission. Absolutely. What would you like to say to somebody who might be listening and they're trying to figure that out? Absolutely. Listen, if you're going to be a leader, there's three things that you have to do. Walk in wisdom lead by grace and love love the people that you're leading because then you'll always be gracious with them and you'll always try to use wisdom to direct otherwise you're going to be in trouble and so will they <laughs> so I, I would say wisdom grace and love um, have to be the things that you pull from when you're leading people so good Wow, 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 wow. Everybody, you listening right now, or maybe you're tuning in, thank you guys so much for being here. I have no doubt that you enjoyed having Felicia Fee Como on here, dropping this knowledge. It was definitely an honor for me. Thank you so much for coming to Word Boost. Hey, little sister. Um, everybody who's tuning in, make sure you share this with somebody you know can benefit from it and come back here next week. Next week is going to be the very, very last Word Boost for this particular season. And I'm excited um, to share that with you. But this was amazing. And um, make sure that you share it because if it blessed you, don't hold that blessing back. Let it bless somebody else. All right, I'll check you next time. Word boost. Hey, little sister. Bye.